What's going on, Law Nation? So glad you made it and that you're taking the time to learn and grow with me today. If you're ready to start creating your own economy and taking back control of your time and your life, start by going to attorneybydesign.com and download the Freedom Blueprint. All right, kiddos, let me ask you something. Are you having fun? Like real fun. Are you enjoying the journey? Enjoying the journey isn't just my sign off. It's the way I like to live my life. Now, you need to set goals. You should have the end game in mind before you start out on any endeavor, but it shouldn't be all about just the achievement of those goals. You have to find fun and love in the day to day. Take life with a grain of salt and live with a sense of humor. Enjoy the people around you and the experiences you have with them. I just believe that we as high achieving driven individuals need to remember that. Today's guest, my buddy, Chris Whitfeld, is a perfect example of someone who is immensely talented and driven, yet purposefully reserves time for his hobbies and to have fun. He builds his business around his life rather than the other way around. Chad is an entrepreneur, market master marketer, and real estate investor who has syndicated over $40 million in apartments. He's passionate about freedom, flexibility, and fun. He lives life on the edge and tackles just about anything with wheels on it. All right, let's go. This is the Passive Income Attorney Podcast, where you'll discover the secrets and strategies of the ultra-wealthy on how they build streams of passive income to give them the freedom we all want. Attorney Seth Bradley will help you end the cycle of trading your time for money so you can make money while you sleep. Start living the good life on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Seth Bradley. My man, Chad, what's going on, brother? What's up, Seth? Appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Well, let's, let's dive right in. Uh, tell me what's your story. Feel free to take it back as far as you want. As far as I want. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> let's, start with, let's start with the most pivotal place. Let's start there. All right. Um, so let's, let's go back to when I was 17 years old and I got my first job. All right. I started working at this country club in Michigan and his private country club, you know, uh, probably about a hundred thousand dollars a year to be there, you know, with your dues and your minimums and all that stuff. So we're talking fairly high net worth environment. And, um, I was busting tables, right. And I did all the things that you're supposed to do to be a good employee. And I started working in the men's grill and the men's grill is where like the, the husbands, the ballers went to go and drink and gamble and get away from their wives. Right. And that's where like their real side came out. That's where you started hearing conversations <laughs> that you don't hear in other places. Like that was their comfort zone. Right. So uh, really quickly, I learned there, life's all about relationships, right? And I learned how to network and ask the right questions. Um, but more importantly, it opened up a whole world um, of, of income and impact and freedom. It taught me that uh, very quickly. Uh, these guys, you know, started to know I was a car guy. I loved cars, right? And every other week, somebody came in with a brand new allocation, brand new Porsche 911, brand new, uh, back then the C7 came out, 
uh, brand new Audio RS7. And we're talking like the first allocations in the country. And these guys were handing me the keys to their car, brand new car. And I'll never forget the day this guy hands me the keys to his uh, C7 um, Z06. And it has 23 miles on it. He says, Chad, go, go roast a burnout. I want to take a video of it. <laughs> 27 miles, dude. And, you know, my, I grew up in a fairly middle-class family. Um, so everyone was driving the Chevy Malibus and things of that nature. And so seeing that firsthand, I was like, okay, uh, there's a different world here. And that's when I started asking questions. They're all business owners, real estate owners, high-up high executives, CEOs, all that good stuff. And so that's what started my entrepreneurial and investing journey when I realized, all right, something's going on here. Yeah, I love that, man. Yeah, seeing people that had, you know, quote unquote, made it and they had a ton of money, disposable income, it, it changed your mindset from an early age. That's, that's awesome, man. It took me a long time. I mean, it's been pretty recently where I was like, you know, trying to get away from the, the nine to five till you're 65 W2 type of mindset. And just, yeah. you know, kind of having that uh, abundance mindset where, you know, entrepreneurially, you can create your own economy and, and come up and, and money just flows to you, you know, and you can create it. Absolutely, man. Yeah, no, 100%. And then even like, the other point to it was just the simple fact that it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like these yeah. guys are doing whatever they want. Right. That freedom is like remarkable. And so that was like, all right, man, I need that. And that is when I knew I couldn't be a normal, you know, employee to a nine to five with no owner. I knew that day. I'm like, that, that's not for me, man. So yeah. that's where it all started. That's where it all started. And then take it one step further. Uh, one of the guys I had a really, really good relationship with at, at that country club, he was a hedge fund manager. Uh, in, in the stock market. And so uh, no matter what he did, whether it, I gave him an iced tea or served him his food or whatever, he gave me 10 bucks every single time. And so by the end of the day, you know, I'm making 150 bucks off this dude. And I at one day I asked him, I said, Hey man, instead of giving me five bucks, five, 10 bucks, every time I see you, I want, I want some advice about investing in the stock market. And he, he continued to tip me, <laughs> yeah. but every day I saw him, he had one new piece of advice about investing. Um, and so I got in, started investing in the equities pretty young. Um, and then, yeah, it's just, a, it's just evolved from there, really. Gotcha. Cool. Well, how, how has that investing thesis kind of changed over time? You know, you start investing in traditional uh, stocks. Uh, what investments, you know, what did that look like? And did you, do you still invest in stocks? Have you switched to other avenues or what, what does that look like now? Yeah, I, I do still have some stock investments, but once I started to learn about the rule of Wall Street, which is really simply put, uh, the younger you are, the larger financial risks you can take due to the simple nature that you have the time allocation, right? I have an extra 40 years to keep making money and keep investing and keep growing my wealth that somebody who's 65, they don't have that allocation, right? So once I started to learn about that, I kind of got bored on like the whole mutual funds, index fund stuff. Like it just wasn't... Um, as rewarding for me as some other avenues. So then I started to trade Forex, which, you okay. know, simple <laughs> enough, right? Like it has like a terrible reputation, but I was trading Forex on margin, dude. And I was like crushing it. 
and I still do, <laughs> right? So uh, then cryptocurrency came around, um, started getting involved with that. And, um, you know, I mean, it's one of those things like while you're learning it, like learning how to trade price action and things of that nature, it, it's fairly full time. Uh, but once you have it in the bag, you know, like I probably look at my charts like an hour a day tops. Uh, so then, you know, I had plenty of time and that's when I got started in real estate. So. Gotcha. I don't know shit about trading cryptocurrency. So yeah. was it like an easy transition from investing like in stocks to Forex to crypto? Is there any kind of like transferable skills there or, or what? <laughs> A little bit, but not really because both Forex, like currency markets are extremely volatile compared uh, to your typical, you know, stocks. Right. Extremely, extreme volatility. And so they behave and they trade a lot differently. And the simple fact that um, stock markets for us in the United States are fairly well regulated based on how you trade and at what level, right? So uh, in order to be a day trader, I think you have to have like at least $25,000 equity in your account. Um, there's these first in first out rules, dude, like the currency markets are completely un unregulated and you can get like one to 1000 margin. Right. And so you like with great power, comes great responsibility. <laughs> right. So I'd be lying if, if I said when I first got started, I wasn't blowing up my accounts. I, I lost 15 grand, uh, my first couple of years, uh, first, well, first year I got into it because I didn't have risk management. I didn't have patience. I didn't learn that, uh, 10, you know, uh, trading is 10% buying. 10% selling, 80% waiting. I didn't wait. I was too impatient, right? So my first year was rough. Uh, and then I really started to like, oh man, I lost all this money. Now I got really got to figure this stuff out. And luckily I made it back and then some, right? The next year. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a patience game, man. Like it's, it reminds me a lot about real estate too, because like, only 10% of the time you're actually doing the deal. The other 90% of the time you're trying to find the deal, uh, vet the deal, underwrite the deal, you know, get the lending set up. So it's so different. Um, but one of the same. So, yeah. Yeah. So you, you're an early mover with, with cryptocurrencies. I mean, what, what kind of drew you in? What intrigued you about it to, to start so early? My buddy was, um, Gosh, what was he doing? He was, he's, he's just a computer nerd. He's still my buddy. And he's the one who helped me get into cryptocurrency mining. But this is like the nerdiest computer nerd you'd ever meet. And <laughs> I was 19 years old and he's showing me the Silk Road. Are you familiar with the Silk Road from back then? Yeah, yeah. Right? That's like, that's what like kind of spawned cryptocurrency was people needed... Right or that's what it was most used for back then. And he showed me the Silk Road and like, I was just, my mind was so blown because on the Silk Road, you can do all kinds of sketchy stuff, but if you <laughs> transact, you were at the time, I th it got shut down, right? But you were transacting in Bitcoin. And um, gosh, at the time, you know, a single Bitcoin was probably 200 bucks. And so him and I bought a couple together and, um, you know, sold, sold some of them when it hit, you know, five grand, but forgot about others too. You yeah. know, you, you hold on to some of them. Right. And, um, 
you know, just seeing, seeing capital appreciate that quickly at that level at a young age. That's, that's why I became like, all right, man, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm a hundred percent in. Right. So. Yeah. What, what would you tell somebody that uh, thinks that it's some, it's a form of gambling? <laughs> yeah, sure. I would say, I would say this in 2020 PayPal, PayPal, big, big, you know, Elon Musk behind PayPal, right? PayPal facilitated a um, trillion dollars, about a trillion dollars in transactions in, uh, in 2020. Well, Ethereum did that in about 17 days. <laughs> so That's a little perspective, step. right? Yeah. And then, you know, also, I mean, I just would say like a lot of people who do say like, oh, it's gambling. It has no utility. It has, it doesn't have this, that, the other thing. I mean, there, for every one, you know, example, I, there's 20 more, but um, there's a project called VeChain. And it's a blockchain based project that um, company is using to clean up the oceans. And uh, I want to say it's probably about two months, two months ago, they cleaned out however many hundreds of thousands of pounds of waste out of the ocean using the blockchain, that blockchain technology uh, to track and identify where uh, they need to be cleaning. It's, it's pretty interesting stuff. And there's all kinds of use cases like that. Um, and you know, you can look at the market caps and things of that nature. And I just think at this point, um, you, you'd be fairly naive to deny, uh, where, where it's come, right. How far it's come along. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's become so widely accepted at this point. Um, it, it's kind of overcoming those, 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 those hurdles that it's had to deal with the last few years. And, and if anything, even if you don't necessarily want to invest in crypto itself, I mean, you have to at least believe in the underlying technology. It's going to be used everywhere. I mean, that's, it, it's like the new internet, that underlying technology, the blockchain is going to be yeah. used in every facet of every industry. hundred percent, man, hundred percent. And now you have worldly countries coming out, uh, trying to get the world bank to accept Bitcoin. Right. You have mm -hmm. um, big Wall Street head funds having far more access to those assets, trading uh, futures and uh, positions on Bitcoin and Ethereum now. So, um, I mean, now that we've seen big money and in, in, uh, come into them, now they're more suspect to market and price manipulation. Um, but I think the, the underlying point is the adoption. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that there's going to be kind of one singular crypto winner at the end of the day, or it's always going to be kind of new coins coming on the market and fighting for, for market share? Uh, no, I mean, I think, you know, at this point, Bitcoin is like the old, the old geezer, you know, gold standard, right? Like the technology of it isn't that great anymore. It's expensive to its transaction, but it's a good store of value. Um, but for me, like, you know, there, there's these things called meme coins, like, you know, and they just don't have any real utility and use case scenarios behind the currency itself. And I don't really care about those. I don't really mess with them. So what I look for is simply utility, right? Like, is there an actual uh, purpose behind this asset? Is there an actual team driving it? Is there community behind it? All that good stuff. So I invest in the utility. 
So it's hard for me to have a specific bias, like one's going to be the best because, um, you know, I mean, there's such a wide variety in, and purposes behind, um, a lot of these. So, yeah. Yeah. So now you're gearing up to mine. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a GPU mine. So I'm basically taking, um, I have 15 very, very high end graphics cards, right? So if you're a gamer or a video editor, you probably won't like me very much because I'm buying up all your cards and miners are raising, <laughs> raising the prices of these cards because they make us a lot, a lot more money than they would probably make a typical video editor. I mean, that's just, that's just the truth <laughs> of it, you know? Uh, so yeah, you set them up on a rig and uh, they draw electricity and they print you money and they, they mine Ethereum and all these other coins and um, it's a nice passive income stream for me. I, it's actually probably my most profitable passive income stream that I have in my portfolio. Huh. Interesting, man. I'm going to yeah. have to pick your brain about that afterwards, man. Um, tell us quickly a little bit about, cause you also invest in real estate. That's how I got to know you. Tell us a little yep. bit about your real estate investing as well. Yeah, for sure. So I did my first real estate syndication as an 83 unit apartment building, uh, it's probably 24, 27 now, turning 28 soon. I'm getting old, man. Start, <laughs> start feeling, you, you start feeling it in the morning, you know, you wake <laughs> up feeling stiff as a board. <laughs> but yeah, so, and then uh, we've done a couple more deals since then. Um, and just, just do the syndication model. I'd like to be at a place where I'm just JVing deals with a couple of guys. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm working towards uh, with my other businesses, you know, producing those other income streams to get my liquidity and net worth to a point where uh, not only can I KP my own deals, um, but just have a couple buddies and I do deals with them. So that's what I'm working towards. Awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah. So we talked about all these different investments you do, creating passive income, real estate, crypto, Forex, everything, man. And, and it all leads to this. This is what I want to talk to you about, especially because anybody that sees you on social media sees you just doing all this cool shit. I mean, you are out there on the mountains you are yeah. in the desert you're doing all kinds of stuff i don't know i don't know how you have time to make money and also do all have all these awesome hobbies man you're like james bond on anything and <laughs> everything with a motor man so yeah. let, let's let's talk about designing a life i mean how have you been able to kind of have this have these different businesses create income and then still do all this cool stuff that you're you're able to do yeah yeah for sure so um i really only have uh, three active um, businesses that I focus on my, my consulting company, um, my real estate deals and um, cryptocurrency. Crypto doesn't really take a whole lot of time. The mining stuff's fully passive, uh, you know, and in my consulting company, I have a team of VAs that help me and work with me on our projects. I'm still an employee to that business, uh, but I have it really fairly well systematized and automated. So I'm, I'm, well, I, like I said, I am still an employee in that business, uh, but I've removed myself enough to consider myself an owner. Um, and yeah, I mean, the real estate stuff, like I use, like, so to do my real estate deals and like find, like have my value prop on my team uh, for real estate, I use my consulting company, right? I just do it on my own equity. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Um, I think for me, the biggest two things is I don't like, 
I don't like care about like watching like TV or Netflix or like playing video games and stuff. And so in my free time, um, I'm really like focused on other passive income streams if I'm not out riding like my dirt bike or whatever else. Um, and then also like coming to the point in my other business, my consulting business that also fuels my real estate business uh, is just leveraging other people's time and just understanding the simple fact that, um, you know, if I were to do it all myself, it wouldn't be very profitable. It wouldn't be worth it. Right. So like I have to, you know, have good use case on other people's time. And that's when I started hiring folks, uh, building out my systems, building out my automations, um, and really focusing in, <laughs> really focusing in on being a good leader. That part is the hardest part, man. Being a good leader is so hard. Um, especially when you're, when you're hiring folks overseas because you have that, you have that communication barrier and that gap. Yeah, for sure. That's something so, I work on all the time. I mean, just trying to, yeah, that, that communication barrier is an interesting hurdle that you've, you've got to deal with. Um, yeah. I love what you said about creating businesses, systems, operations. Um, have you read E-Myth, the book? I haven't. You haven't read that, man? Well, you sound like the author. I mean, that's all, that's, <laughs> that's what the book's about, man. It's yeah. like, don't just, don't just start a business and work in the business all the time. And then you're just like putting out fires. It's about writing down everything, figuring out how to systematize everything, put it on a, put it on a checklist, put it on something so you can teach other people to do it for you at some point and you can step away from the business and you don't have to be there every day to run it. Yeah, no, hundred percent, man. hundred percent. And I see it, I see it all the time. It's quite remarkable, actually. I mean, I, I've worked with companies that will have somebody manually sending out follow-up emails that could easily be automated. It's like, and that's just one example, right? But I mean, technology has come so far that I mean, a lot of times the use case for people can be completely eliminated with simple automation tools. And so um, that's a huge piece in, in not only in my businesses, but a lot of the folks that I work with. And uh, I think the ultimate time, the ultimate thing I've learned from very successful folks, whether they're investors or entrepreneurs, is you, you come to the point where you're not really focused on making more and more and more money. You're focused on buying back your time and paying less taxes. <laughs> and that's what that, that, I feel like that's what the ultra high net worth focus on really. And so I'm not saying that's where I'm at, but that's where, that's where I have my forefront of my thought process of what I'm doing moving forward. And so, um, you know, I, I don't even know how many hours a week I work to be honest, it, it, it'll always vary. And I'm always work. I feel like I'm always working on passion projects that don't feel like work anyways. Right. Um, but I never have trouble making time for myself and my, mm -hmm. and my hobbies and my passions. I never have trouble. Um, so every single week I'll, you know, be out riding dirt bikes or snowmobiles or whatever, because that's why I got started in the first place, man. Like right. without it, it's like, what's the point? Right. So. Yeah. It seems like you, you intentionally build your business around your life, not, not the other way around. You, yeah. you, you have a life that you want to live doing the things that you love to do. And then you build your business around that. You stay flexible in, in that regard. Yeah, man. hundred percent, hundred percent. Because that, I mean, like I said, like kind of going back to before when I saw the level of freedom, a lot of these guys had, 
right? That was on my forefront. Like I knew I wanted that. But the thing about that, a thing about freedom, like having the time freedom, if you don't have a decent level of income, what are you going to go do with your freedom? Go play with rocks, you know, like you got to have, you got to like, you know, you got to have both. You got to have the system to have both. Because like without without the the toys and all the fun stuff, like what what's the freedom gonna do for me? Like I gotta stare at the wall all day. Like so yeah, like it's it's one of the same for me, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. A lot a lot of our listeners are they have the W twos and they're probably highly paid, probably doctors, yeah. lawyers, folks like that. I mean, any advice for them? how they can kind of start buying back their time. I mean, how they start carving out times to, to go ride dirt bikes in the desert with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, it, it's so different for every industry, every corporation. I've personally never like had a job in a corporation or, or, you know, anything like that. However, one of my really good friends is a multiple six figure earner uh, doing software sales. And his company won't, wouldn't give him an assistant on payroll. So we hired one for him on his own payroll. <laughs> And guess what? We outsourced over half his freaking job. What, I mean, like, <laughs> he, he, all he does is pick up the phone and talks on the phone for a couple hours a day. Right now he has, a, 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 you know, it's a VA, virtual assistant, uh, handling everything else, all his follow-up, all his scheduling, everything. And, you know, his company does have a computer tracking software and, um, she'll just remote desktop into his laptop and move the mouse and open up some programs and whatever. <laughs> like, like there's so many ways to go about it and like workarounds. And I just would say like, be creative and like be bold success. And my opinion, like success loves boldness. And, you know, I, you know, it's hard for me to say that because I don't want, that doesn't mean like go do something crazy and like potentially get fired from your job, but like start to think differently about what you're currently doing and just understand like we live in a global economy now and there's a lot of opportunities and solutions that you can take advantage of to buy back your time. Um, and then, you know, like if you're a high income earner, active income earner, it's so, so, so crucial to be putting your active income into something that's producing passive income. Other, I mean, otherwise you, you're, st you're slaved and stuck to that active income. I mean, it's just simple. Like I have a lot of friends who are high income earners, multiple six figures. And all they have is the house they live in and like some mutual funds, dude. And a lot of bills. And a lot of bills, man. <laughs> like, so um, this past weekend, you know, I was out riding my dirt bike and I was with one of them. And he asked me, he said, how much money did you make this weekend? while you're out riding dirt bikes with us. I said, well, from my crypto stuff, I probably made 500 bucks. Uh, from my real estate, I probably made about 300 bucks. Um, and, I, and I have other passive incomes, like I have revenue shares with digital products that I've helped people build. Those bring in a couple hundred bucks every other day. You know, so I made, made $1,000 that weekend doing yeah. Riding dirt bikes. Doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, doing what I love because I, I've put the time to put those things in place. And dude, their minds were freaking blown. They didn't yeah. believe me. And then I pull up, I pull up my, you know, my my crypto exchange, my Stripe account. I'm like, look, dude, it's right here. I'm not lying. 
and so like yeah while i'm out having fun i still am getting paid over and over and over again and it's just so crucial to buy into that passive income model um and make it a priority like here's the here's the honest truth dude like i drive a six thousand dollar truck i drive a seventh i have a seven thousand dollar car six thousand dollar truck you know six thousand dollar snowmobile right like sure absolutely i could go get the hundred thousand dollar truck a hundred percent i don't want it i want to make money moves man i want to keep putting my active income into passive income streams and let the passive income pay for the toys and all the all the bullshit that i like to do it's it's just what it is so bro you got it figured out like most people get <laughs> do it the other way around they jump you know they get all this education like college traditional education they jump into you know career that they end up hating and then they you know buy all this shit that they don't need and then they've got all these bills we call it the golden handcuffs and you're yep. stuck and then you're just stuck because it's like i can't quit this job because it's my only form of income and i've got all these bills to pay so i just have to keep doing what i hate doing and then you end up unhappy and, and it's that's that's the end, yeah. of the end of the day I and mean, you just end up an unhappy yeah. person and the two things about it is number one it's not their fault that, right. that's what that's the social that's how i grew up dude that like so where i grew up in outside of detroit all you did was go to school for four years and go work for gm or ford get married <laughs> buy the house have the have the kids and that that's all you did and then when you're 40 you can buy a little speedboat for the lake like that is <laughs> it that's it right and so the fact of it is here's the thing dude there's there's a saying where when you get too busy in your business, you should be raising your prices, right? We've all heard that, but here's the problem, right? Is you can't, you're going to keep taking those jobs. You're going to keep taking those clients that you don't necessarily want because you have the, 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 the note on your truck, on your house, et cetera. And to take that one step further, when you have all those overhanging debts on depreciating liabilities, the truck is a depreciating liability, right? All that stuff. It makes it really, really, really hard to put yourself in the light, the right psychological headspace to be taking financial risks to create more wealth, right? So yeah. my mining operation, twenty thousand dollars cash to buy to buy these computers that'll go and make me money every single day. Mm -hmm. Now, if I had a if I had a car note, I had to pay every single month or a note on, on my toys or anything like that. Dude, I never would have felt comfortable taking that kind of financial risk to create another passive income stream. Yeah. I just it's, feel like you got to stay lean, man. Like, yeah, it's about doing it in the right order, right? Like in that yeah. money you make invested in something that's going to make, make you more money, then use that money maybe to, to buy the jet ski with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, put no, that. You know, even if it, even if it's something we're not even talking about, but like investing in coaching or consulting or something that will help you kind of get to that next level of investing or passive income or real estate or whatever it might be. But yeah. you know, you've paid tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for a traditional education. Why not pay a fraction of that to teach you something that will actually show you how to make money without having a, a nine to five job? Yeah. Oh yeah. 100% man, 100%. I think the very first thing, the very first step to get into that right place is to stop caring what John thinks about your truck or your house or what you're doing 
um, in your in your physical um, materialistic life. Like realize like, hey, man, I have a plan. I don't give a shit what anybody <laughs> thinks about my car, my truck. I don't care. Right. Like that's step one, dude, for me, at least, because I've I've gotten it uh, a handful of times, really. Oh, you you think you're making money? You're driving that piece of crap truck. I'm like, <laughs> joke, jokes on you, buddy. <laughs> you know, so love it, man. Love it. Uh, before we jump into the Freedom Four, one last golden nugget for our listeners. Yep. Open-ended question. That's that's a tough one. There's so many, you know, <laughs> that I haven't already said. Um, I would probably just go back to the to the point of uh, success loves boldness. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, I, lo- I love cars. Like it's, it's my thing. And so sometimes to entertain myself, I'll just go like scroll like Craigslist or Facebook and just see what kind of cars are out there. And I found this uh, McLaren. This was probably about a year ago. It was a McLaren P1. Uh, it's like a $120,000 car. And uh, in the ad, it said, you know, clean and clear title. So this dude owned this car cash, like flat out, you know. And uh, he was right down the street from me. And so I call him up and I start talking to him about the car. And I eventually get to the point, I said, look, man, like I'm not in a position to buy this car right now. Uh, But I just wanted to let you know, like I really admire the level of success it takes to, to own something like this clean and clear. Like appreciate your time, man. Um, And I eventually asked him out to coffee. Right. That dude later on has invested multiple six figures with me simply because I called him off of Craigslist about his freaking car, right? And so I was telling my, I was telling a buddy of this story I posted on, on my face. I don't remember exactly what I was telling. And someone asked me, he said, well, weren't, weren't you, weren't you worried about him cussing you out or telling it, telling them to, uh, telling you to get, get out of here because you're wasting his time. I said, no, look. If I call him and he cusses me out, I'm I'm in the same place I was before I called him. It doesn't matter, right? So right. like like I think for me and and my experiences in life and in business, like the ones that pay off the most for me are just bold moves that I realize to myself. I, it doesn't matter what happened if it if it doesn't work out. I'm exactly where I am before I did the thing. And I just think a lot of people overthink things, they get worried, they, they fear that rejection and, and the list goes on and on, but like, just be bold, be yourself and just, just do what your gut tells you to do. And I think like all it takes is one or two wins from doing just that and you'll feel unstoppable, honestly. I agree, man. People are just so risk averse nowadays. It's kind of yeah. like they just, they, they think, well, they don't think they just avoid stuff instead of thinking it through and saying, well, what is the absolute worst thing that's going to happen here? If I, if I do this. And then when you think that through and you're like, Oh, that's it. Nothing. Or I can go back. All right. Well, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> all right, well, right. well, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's jump into freedom Four. It's time for the Freedom Four. What's the best thing you do to keep your mind and body healthy? Wake up, drink a, um, what is that, 18 ounces of water. Think about everything I'm grateful for. So I, I typically go out into my garage. Uh, that's where a lot of my fun stuff is. 
and think about how grateful I am because the simple truth is three years ago, I had nothing. I was completely flat broke. Um, and then I'll check my emails and I'll go to the gym. There we go. There That's we it. go. What's one life hack or piece of technology you use to be your most productive self? Uh, Facebook news eradicator. I do a lot of business on Facebook. Um, I network a lot on my messenger, so it's always up. However, um, it's really easy to get lost in the scroll. And so I have a plugin called Facebook News Eradicator, and it just puts like a, a productive quote at the top of your newsfeed instead of all of people's stuff. And so that allows me to stay focused um, and keep at the, hand, the task in hand with Facebook in the first place. Um, nice. Nice. I'll have to look into that, man. What, yeah, that's good. One? Yeah. <laughs> I, knew you'd ha I knew you'd have one that nobody's ever heard of on there. For that. Yeah. <laughs> What's one actionable step our listeners can do right now to start creating more freedom for themselves? You got you to gotta know where you want to go. You got to envision what success looks like for you, right? Whether that's an extra $100,000 a year or uh, an extra 20 hours a week to spend with your, with your family. Whatever the success looks like for you, you gotta know what it looks like to get there in the first place. I think a lot of people just like have this vision, oh, I want the Lamborghini, the, the massive house, this, that, and the other thing, and they have all these material things, but they don't break it down to what it actually looks like for their day-to-day -day life. And once you can visualize and know exactly what that looks like, now you can create your roadmap to get there right? Create the actionable steps of what it's actually going to take to achieve that extra 20 hours a week for your family. What can you, what can you uh, thin out in your life? Um, and, and have that focus with the end in mind to know where you, why you're doing it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Last but not least, how has passive income made your life better? Oh my Oh my gosh, man. I don't even know how to say it makes everything better. <laughs> it makes everything better because what we like the, the truth is like, we should all have days where you wake up and you decide, ah, I don't feel like working today and you should still get paid, right? Like you should still get paid while you sleep, while you play, while you eat everything you should do, you should be making money. And it's hard for me to like think it should be any other way. So I can't put it in one word. It's just, it's changed my life um, in every single way imaginable. And I am so grateful and um, just so blessed to be at a point in my life where at 27, I have enough passive income where I could, I could just quit and just be good. And uh, it, it's taken a lot of time and, and dedication and risk to make that happen. Um, but I, I just would say that, um, just, just buy in, just buy in and fully understand that passive income will change your life. And when, once you buy into the model, um, start taking action on it and you'll be there within a couple, you'll, you'll have significant passive income. You should, if you take action on it within a couple of years, you know? Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Thanks for coming on the show today. We're going to listen to find out more about you. Uh, find me on Facebook at Chad Whitfeld. Simple enough. Simple yep. enough, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on today. Chad's been a good friend of mine for a long time. Happy to have you on, man. Have appreciate a great you one. having me, man. All right, brother. My man, Chad Whitfeld. Always a pleasure. Always living life to the fullest. 
Love learning about how he builds his life around his business by preserving his freedom, flexibility, and fun. Major key, understand yourself and what makes you tick, what makes you happy, what makes you who you are. Be uncompromising when it comes to enjoying your life and making time to do things you love with the people you love doing them with. Remember why you got started in the first place. Life is too short not to. All right, let's start buying back some of that precious time. Let's start building some alternative passive income streams together. Go to PassiveIncomeAttorney.com and join our Esquire Passive Investor Club. Until next time, folks, enjoy the journey. Thank you for listening to the Passive Income Attorney Podcast with Seth Bradley. Do you want more ideas on how to generate multiple streams of passive income? Then jump over to PassiveIncomeAttorney.com for show notes and resources. Then apply for the private Facebook community by searching for the Passive Income Attorney on Facebook. And we'll see you on the next episode.